0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, hello and welcome. To another edition of Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily, where Alex McCarthy is actually on the show. Uh, Monday, of course, you had SB3 and Satini Yang, and you had that again yesterday after I was a little under the weather after a long day at work. But alas, I'm now back in business. Here we are, and the Daily Boys is back in action right where we belong on Wednesdays. SB3, how are you, my man?
1: I am doing well. We had Mocha Mondays on the first day of the week. We had Tan Tuesday yesterday, and And now... And now it's the Daily Boys, the Daily Boys, the biracial ascension of your YouTube universe. So we are in there. We're here to do the Daily Debate. We are here to talk a little bit about Asuka and where she's been. We're here to talk about a little bit of NXT. And of course, we love your hot takes. We love what you got to say. You, It's right below Alex, WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. And Alex, we're just 30 subscribers away from 12.5 K. So come on people. If you're not aboard the, the good egg community, it's time to jump on board before we work straight to the moon. To the moon. And as
0: uh, sb SP3 says, of course you can become an official good egg. You're all good eggs at heart, but you can become an official good egg with the wrestling daily community like Lizzie stallion with her daily boys emote uh, and Chris Petru and many others that parade the chat you can be a daily boy yourself,
1: kinda. Join daily the boy, daily gal. You
0: know. Yeah, daily family. That's <laughs> what it is. Um, Gay Crush Forever being one of those as well. Hello, brother, brother. Uh, so yeah, you can join that. It's right next to the video and on the homepage when you come to Wrestling Daily. Uh, man, yeah. So apologies first of all for yesterday. Um, I don't want to make this like a pity trip, uh, but like. You know, I've been doing I've been running hard, man like yeah. I've been doing this for I believe we're about six weeks away from the year anniversary of Wrestling daily, which is mad, by the way. It's crazy that we've been going a year already. um so thank you to everyone and all the love that you've shown and helping the channel get to where it is today. um and yeah i've had I've had no time off in that year, none, and I work long days, like my work days are like twelve hour days, five, six days a week. Um, so when I'm feeling off, I've learned I need to, you know, like cause sometimes it can like ruin your whole week. And yesterday I had like a headache all day and I thought, ah, oh, just I'll bring I'll bring the 18 back in. I'll bring in SV3 and sat because um, I just wasn't feeling great. But then I had an early night back at work today. Even went to the gym today. Um, feeling back to optimum speed. So thank you to everyone for your patience and the support for 3 and Saini I'm um, Ted Everday. was right. I should have come on on the toga. Yeah.
1: The toga, the toga. Everybody loves the toga.
0: I saw the comment. I wasn't naked. I had my shirt off. I wasn't naked. Come on now. It's a PG show. Mostly. Um, you know, but I will say uh, thank you again for all of the support. Um, I, I need to have a holiday at some point, man. Really bad. Like, cause you know, it's the pandemic. I'm really, like, frugal with my holiday, right? Like, uh, they, they make you take a certain amount of talk sport before the summer because otherwise everyone would just save it. Um, but, like, I really want to actually get away and have a break. Like, even off Twitter, everything – I see Sean Rossap's had a great time on Twitter the past day or so.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> I, I, boy, uh, I, I one day I'm just going to have like a week where it's like no, just me and my family in the sun somewhere. Because um, sometimes you do feel like you're frying a little, but yeah. At the same time, I get on here and I like love it. So, it's a uh, it's a double edged sword, brother. You have to ride the wave. And this is a big week as well with All Out on the horizon. Could there be another debut? We're going to get into that shortly. Uh, SB3, what's the debate today, brother?
1: Our debate of the day, I told Alex this earlier, whatever one I give, when I give him the choices and whatever one he picks, the good A community usually picks the same. So we're going to be debating the best AEW signings of all time, besides the latest one of CM Punk.
0: Or the one that's going to happen Sunday, yeah,
1: ah, anyway. or, or or that one too.
0: Yeah, uh, but either way, that's a good show. I'm looking forward to getting into that. Um, yeah, I should just point this out. Mod Mother works harder than me, so. And- uh,
1: I got to be on screen with the Mod Mother yesterday. She was the main ah. event of the call in, so I felt very honored. I mean, she gave me a hard time for me and Sat, you know, creating Mocha Mondays and not giving her a day off. She, she, she is the hardest working person on the Wrestling Daily, Russell Talk YouTube channels, and Mod Mother. It was an honor to be on screen with you. I appreciate all the hard work and the support that you give us for us on screen. And she put me over. She said she hasn't seen, you know, me and Seth. She hasn't seen two people. <laughs> <laughs> He's lying,
0: my mother! I could, the BS over and never lies! <laughs>
1: <laughs> she said that she had never seen two people get over with the with the community as fast as me and sad so i appreciate that she put me over i felt i felt like you know you know i was barry Wyndham and she was rick flair you know the greatest the greatest of all time putting over a, a guy that wouldn't be remembered if he put on camouflage on his face and called him the stalker uh uptown Avondale says
0: are we debating the signings? Yes, it's just since the debut of AEW for AEW, not WWE, just for yes. AEW. Um, yes, all the love to Mod Mother. She is literally the backbone of this show and many others, to be frank with you, on Wrestle Talk. But I'll tell you what, she hasn't got praise from Big E. She <laughs> hasn't got that rub.
1: Hey, eh? you're going to cue that up? Big
0: E. He's, he's here on Talk Wrestling, home of the Big E push. How are you, Big E? I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Alex. Uh, and thank you for being arguably the greatest voice in, in all of, of wrestling. I mean, I think you make very... That's all that needs to be said. You don't even need to hear the rest of it. He just said that. I'm sure he would say that, Mod Mother. I, I was very tempted to dub your name over it. And thank you, Mod Mother. Mod I mean, most- arguably, yeah. <laughs> that should have been the way. Um, but no, we appreciate Mod Mother greatly, of course. And... You can put her to work, put her boots to the ground by getting your ultra chats in to Wrestling Daily today. WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. Come on in. Give us your hot takes. Give us your opinion on the debate topic, maybe. Whatever you want to get into, we can do it. Without further ado, let's talk, man. Let's talk about the news at the top of the show. Is Asuka injured? Now, she has been off TV and I do have to say, as well, by the way, out ten every day. Yes, we're talking about like signings since their inception, not the original batch signings since they've been going. So I don't even know who the first, but like Brody Lee onwards.
1: I don't know whoever was yes. first. I guess, I guess it would really one. Sense. He he would be one of the first. Darby Allen yeah uh, after the first batch. Yeah. No, but I mean like before.
0: Okay, from the first episode of Dynamite, Darby Allen's already signed, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I thought, we in- so d- uh, the- I
1: thought we were talking about after the first batch. So after January, from. I thought we were talking like additions to the original
0: AEW, which I would classify as the roster as, as of the first episode.
1: Okay. what uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean we, I, can I adjust, we can adjust the debate. We got time to think about it.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Wait, maybe we can do two versions. Who the hell cares? Uh, right. Anyway, SB3, we saw a photo that has led us to maybe understand why Asuka is off TV.
1: Yes, uh, she put up a photo, uh, basically, her at the dentist, which seems to be a theme on wrestling Twitter this week. Uh, but it was her with her new teeth after, she, you know, her old ones got knocked out in her matchup with Shayna Baszler a little over six months ago. And in that photo on her Twitter, it was revealed that her arm was in a brace. Her left arm was in a brace uh, this Follows up on, you know, recent reports that have said that Asuka was fine and that she hasn't been used and that we heard the deadly words. Creative has nothing for her, which Asuka did dispute and say that those reports were not valid and not true. And now we kind of understand why she's been kept off of television and why she said those reports aren't true, that apparently she has some type of arm injury. And that's the reason why she's been off of television ever since Money in the Bank.
0: And she's been missed. I've said this all along, like, man, that top of the women's division is shallow. I think is a fair term on Raw uh, as, as much talent as there is there. Yeah. Um, and I miss watching Oscar work more than anything else. I still think, and I will say it till the cows come home, that there is a few there of Shayna Baszler. That they should explore in greater detail, but alas, they are yet to do so. Lizzie Stallion says between the Big E clip and the oh, I was there comments, do we have time for anything else? But my
1: body! My, my body's telling me yes. Yes!
0: We've <laughs> got the r serenades, Lizzie Stallion, if you're going to come at me with that smoke. You know, just for that, you know it what is. happens? Big E! He's, he's here on Talk Wrestling Nah, it doesn't really. It doesn't really. Come on now. Even, I, even I'm not that vain. I don't sit there and watch it like four times a night. Don't be silly. Don't be silly. Uh, man, hopefully then she won't be out too long. But the thing is, we don't really know, I guess, what the problem was with her arm, but she seems to be in recovery nonetheless. Yeah. Maybe in case of just getting everything fixed while she has the chance
1: yeah i mean that's what I, I think it is i think it was more of like she needs to get her teeth fixed and you know it, it's been six months and she hasn't really gotten the opportunity to take time off you know charlotte was out for a good number of months uh rhea ripley was just getting her footing nikki cross made a whole transition to a whole new character so you kind of needed oscar to kind of be that anchor on the raw women's division for quite some time now when uh, lana got got let go she was Kind of filled in for Lana as the tag team partner for Naomi. Now that Naomi's on SmackDown, she can kind of you know she got her teeth fixed. She's getting everything worked out with the arm. Hopefully, it's not a serious injury that keeps her out for a number of months. But we actually got an ultra chat yesterday from I believe it was um, Maddie who asked us who would we like to see you know go from Raw to SmackDown or SmackDown to Raw. And my pick for you know from Raw to SmackDown was Oscar because I feel like Oscar has been on Raw for a very long time she was one of like the the original mainstays when she made the transition from raw to smackdown after wrestlemania 34 she was kind of like an anchor for that woman's division and the woman's division over there is completely stacked right now so Mm. you're gonna need you're gonna need some people to probably transition over to raw to freshen that up
0: yeah who would you take out sorry
1: um i think tony storm is one because she hasn't been getting a lot of time there i would say either tony storm or Liv morgan one of those two as far as like a baby face from the women's division to go from smackdown to raw but i also believe like a zelina vega or carmella Preferably both need to be off of SmackDown, so I don't need to see, so I can never see them again. Come out when the champions like. I need a new mm. challenger, and oh, in fifty-seven, Zelina Vega's like, I deserve a shot because I lost the last fifty-seven different matches, but I deserve a shot anyway. In Carmella, that got beat by Bianca a thousand and one times, like I deserve a shot too. I'm the most beautiful woman in the WWE. Go over to Raw. We have we've never seen Carmella on Raw, so she's the biggest one that I would. Say needs to go from SmackDown to Raw. She's always on, been yeah. on smackdown is ever since 2016 this is five years of carmela of carmela what the only times we ever seen her on raw was when she was running around with r-truth with the 24 7 title so that is the only presence she's ever had on raw she's never been a raw superstar we need her to get a fresh coat of paint and be on the same show as her as her love interest as Corey cory graves keep the keep the love together whether you whether you you agree with it or not or how it started to each his own but you know ah, keep them keep them together and keep them together and put her on monday night raw please putting corey on blast
0: Uh, (laughs) um no i uh i mean you guys are gonna have to google that i'm not getting into it i um (laughs) it's funny because wwe like started an edict it seemed like with the last draft where they were like putting people together and that kind of seems like it's returned. Becky and Seth on SmackDown as was reported by the way, on wrestling daily FYI. Um, Also uh, Naomi, why was I struggling for her name has just made the move over of course. And we know uh, Jimmy is over there as well. Uh, So it kind of seems like they are lining up a bit more these days i know Zelina originally as well um was going to be on smackdown and then obviously that's where alice black was at the time yeah he's doing okay for himself these days so i think um yeah i'd like to see Oscar on smackdown for sure you know just thinking about it and all the yeah you know, i'm just thinking of the great matches of course because there are so many talented women there already but you are going to have to move stuff to make it happen because Raw would just be so bereft. But I think, yes. I think SmackDown's top heavy anyway on the women. Like they've got the best end of that deal by a country mile at this current moment. Um, and I also think, I think I've said this before, Cesaro and Big E are two guys I look at and think they could stand to move from SmackDown to Raw and be viable title challenges to Bobby Lashley, because as strongly as Bobby Lashley is booked, They are people who could conceivably dethrone him and get their first run. I don't see it happening with Roman Reigns in the immediate time. I still think The Rock's the plan next WrestleMania, despite some reports. I still think Rock is the plan. Lesnar, obviously, is in his immediate future. I've seen Big E say if he was to cash in, he would like Reigns because, of course... That's the biggest coup you can get. It's the yeah. biggest rub. And I agree to a degree. I just don't know if the timing is there for him right now. Um, and I want to see it, man. I think both Cesaro and Big E could have those kind of fairy tale runs that we all want to talk about and, and love. I just don't know if... SmackDown's a great spot for Big E right now. It feels like they're trying to plug him in a lot. He hasn't really got a story, right? Yeah. Because the natural progression for what he's been doing would be to move on to Roman. It's like the elephant in the room almost. Like, he should be feuding with someone like that or a Seth Rollins now, maybe. Yeah. He needs that level feud next. He's been floating around the mid-card feuds. They've been great. He's great. He's got good taste. But I will and- say...
1: I was going to say, but he's been feuding with the second best character on SmackDown besides the Tribal Chief. Happy Corbin, Happy, Happy Corbin. Corbin. I, I, I am one of the the biggest Barry Corbin distractors because I felt like you know the Lone Wolf. You hit the the expiration date on that. Then he went to Constable Corbin, A.K.A. the Applebee's GM, and <laughs> that didn't that didn't work out too long, especially when they blame Raw's declining cr- ratings on him. Then he went from King Corbin, and he was basically king baron or king seamus all over again just a character who was good without the crown who they put on the crown and then he just got stale almost immediately but he has gone full throttle head first into you know bum ass baron corbin and now happy corbin and i've been loving both characters like the way he's committed to these two characters has really made me interested and happy about Happy Corbin, like, and the fact that you have Big E with him, I, 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 like, I like that in little interplay. I would like to see it, you know, last a little longer. But he's another character I could realistically see go from SmackDown to Monday Night Raw, and I could see if if the plans, if the reports are correct, that The Rock they're saving for, you know, Hollywood WrestleMania, which. Honestly, I thought it was always the plan because WrestleMania thirty-eight was supposed to be in Hollywood, but they pushed they pushed everything back. And it, I was like, you know, Dallas is cool. He can set the record. And you know, he was the last time they were in Dallas, all he did was set his name on fire so he can actually have a real match and not a squash of Eric Rowan and the rest of the Wyatt family mm. with John Cena. So it would have been nice and would have been cool. But realistically, I think they do want to build the Hollywood WrestleMania around the return of the rock but you can't you can't have roman reigns hold the title for three years that's not gonna happen so maybe if they're already giving us the Brock Lesnar feud and we're gonna get it in Saudi Arabia or Survivor series maybe big E has an opportunity to get his opportunity at WrestleMania. Maybe he's the honorable champion who, you know, the winner of the Raw Rumble challenges Bobby Lashley or whoever's the WWE champion over on Raw. Your elimination chamber is for the actual titles. And then after Roman wins the elimination chamber, Big E comes out and says, you have no challenges left for WrestleMania. I'm cashing in my money in the bank at WrestleMania.
0: You know what? That's a refreshing idea. Uh, The cogs were turning in my brain as you were talking. There's never been... I mean, technically, Rollins, but ahead of time, there's never been somebody who said, I am going to use my money in the bank and I am going to main event WrestleMania, which presumably... Is the goal of everyone, so it's kind of weird that it hasn't happened.
1: They but... they teased it twice before, if you remember, Mr. Kennedy when he won the title, that that's what he Brinkley. said was was his yeah was yeah. his plan. And then um Danny O'Brien, I think the reports around that time was that Danny O'Brien was going to be the honorable guy and cash in his money in the bank. And then they just said you know you're going to turn heel, start the yes going to be heel, you know yeah. just just <laughs> cash it in. So this would actually they can actually pay it off, and it gives Roman a different type of challenge for wrestlemania
0: it's very strange like because that is exactly what someone would do right you know i want the biggest spot ever this is guaranteed i don't know how long out you would do that maybe you'd want to see how the you know maybe it'd be after elimination chamber like you said because you'd want to see how the land lies um but also by then the royal rumble guy has picked uh i don't know it's uh it's an interesting thought. I like it. I do like it. But I, I just, you know, I don't buy into the fact that WWE are planning or booking two manias out. I don't. I don't. I, I understand that it's in Hollywood, but I don't under, I don't believe that they go, well, we can't have The Rock next year then. Like, that That seems to be the, the train of thought I'm not connecting with. They're like, oh, yeah, well, The Rock will probably be in Hollywood. Sure. But why wouldn't he be in, what, 100,000 people next year? Yeah, Trying to move a massive show like that. I don't think one necessarily excludes the other. I don't know the Rock schedule. I still think him and Roman is the goal. Rock will be 50 by WrestleMania 39. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a magnificent 50. Like, the guy is ridiculous. But at the same time, you know, you don't want it, I don't know. You don't want to let it tick and tick and tick and tick. Um, I believe originally... If I'm not mistaken, this year would have been California
1: 37. It would, have yeah, been. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, Tampa
0: would have been 36. Then it would. So, and I, yeah. I do believe that this would have been the year. The Rock has spoken about it, Rain's spoken about it. And I have no doubt that that will be Rock's last WWE match. I think all he really wants to do is put Roman over. It's a really fitting way to go, right? Biggest stage, biggest star of the generation, of the torch, family could not possibly be better. Um, it's just when. And like you said, what do you do with Roman in the interim? There aren't many guys that I would say, okay, he's the next one for Roman, while Roman's in the run that he is. yeah. And there are a lot of guys I want to see of a world title. Do I want to see them ruin the run of Roman's career? No, not really. No. I think it's st- still got legs. Am I- like th- th- the other day, what, the year... He's been champion now. I'm not bored at all. I'm not bored yeah. at all of nope. Roman's reign. Um, every defense he's had has pretty much been a classic or a banger. I'm, I'm very happy with it. I would like to see Big E be the man that eventually dethrones him. Um, and to be clear, The Rock doesn't beat Roman. Just like no, <laughs> I'm. So- no. I know we're saying, oh, Roman needs to be champion and he's going to face The Rock. It- it's not like the title is just because that's so important in my opinion. Anyway, it's very important to the Roman reigns character. So if you're battling yes. as the head of the table, it's a very important quote unquote, like prop you need. The belt needs to just be involved for the aura and the, you know, the, the storyline itself that he is the head of the table. It needs to be there in my opinion, but in no way does the rock win it. Um, and then from there, I guess you run with whoever's next.
1: Yeah, I mean that, that sounds like a, a solid plan, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just can't see I can't see what they would do for WrestleMania in Hollywood, but I do agree with you. It is highly unlikely that WWE is booking two twice manias two in only- a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, not again. They ruined my first <laughs> WrestleMania I was ever live for by giving us twice in a lifetime when it should have been rock punk and cena that yes. it should have been that like i will stand by that and i will die on that hill you I don't and you don't end this giant run it would have been 500 days by the time he gets to WrestleMania 29 everybody talks about uh, 434 days it would have been 500 days the greatest title <laughs> reign in modern era and they ended I will, it
0: i will say punk got a pretty good consolation prize with Undertaker, am I right? Like the, that was that he WrestleMania. Had match,
1: he, he had the match of the night that day, he that's did, Jeff He <laughs> did,
0: right? And I'm sure Punk looked at working with Taker as like, yeah, that's a that's a great deal. Um, you're right though, it should have been a triple threat. And I've said this again: horrendously terrible telegraph booking heading to that WrestleMania. Everyone knew they were gonna run it back with Rock and Cena. Rock beats Punk at a rumble. I wonder who's gonna win the rumble fucking hell it was atrociously obvious from wwe very hard to enjoy and this is the biggest rock fan in the world so
1: and they didn't even do it in the right order because i think that year was the year that the rumble was before the title match because they wanted rock rock to main event Mm, against against buck i wonder
0: (laughs) terrible terrible um and then the rock didn't have to defend it in in the elimination chamber either they just said nope Uh, run it back we're gonna run it back um and we know punk's not gonna win but let's run it back Uh, okay uh yeah
1: hey punk got to finally main event some pay-per-views though yeah (laughs) as soon as he lost it (laughs) i'll never forget
0: the rocks promo i don't know if you remember this but like on the on the raw rumble night right and um he does this whole backstage thing. And I remember sitting watching it with my friend and I was like, I wonder if the rock's going to win. You know, like, cause we just didn't know how it was going to play. And we think, well, maybe they're not going to just end punk. Are they like, yes, they will. But I was like, I wonder if he's going to win. And he cut this whole promo. He was like the rock gets up every day. Just like all of you. Nine <laughs> to five. Punch in, Punch in. I was like, Oh man, he's winning. <laughs> I was like, this sucks for rock, but Oh God, he's winning. Um, but yeah. Jesus Christ. I've never seen, you know, for all the uh, I am here love uh, or hate, I get in the chat. I've never seen The Rock live. It pains me. Uh, I'm desperate to see. Whatever his last match is, I will literally move heaven and earth to see that. Uh, Who knows when that's coming? Speaking of heaven and earth, guys, give us your hot takes. Give us your ultra chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. Mod Mother's sitting there having a great time. She ain't got to do nothing until she gets your out chat. So make sure you get them in uh, and get this show dictated by your opinions. We'd love to have you. And while you're here, thumbs up, subscribe. Thank you very much. Uh, moving along, SP3. Let's talk a little bit about NXT before we get into our debates. Uh, I don't know if you saw me tweet this earlier. Io Shirai had Promo of the Year uh, on the show. I don't like you. Don't like you. I don't even like you. <laughs> But you're my teammate, so we're going to win. And that was it. And then she walked off. And, like, oh, and Zoe Stark tried doing this whole like, but I you know there's, I, don't, whenever Zoe Stark starts speaking, I want to like it, but I'm like, oh my God, this angle is so bad. Um, And yeah, that's where we're at. Io Shirai stealing the show with like, re, you know, the most repetitive, but logical promo, promo I've ever seen.
1: Oh man, Io Shirai, she makes anything good, and her talking, yeah, it there was three three other people talking during this whole segment, but yeah, Io Shirai stole stole the show there. That was that was fun. That was a good good part of the show. But this this episode felt very much like 2013 2012 nxt it was a Mm. lot of squash matches a lot of uh decent matches but nothing mind-blowing nothing very good i was very confused by the the outcome of the main event although i'm a Tommaso champa fan i thought that we were in the middle of the ridge holland push and then he Mm. just lost it it was it was it wasn't even like it was like a a bar burner like he came close to winning. No, he just pretty much really just lost. Like he, mm. he got knees to the face. He got the widow's bell, and then one, two, three, and then they jumped him afterwards. And all of this once again, like I said last week, it feels like they're building to a war games, and now it, they're just change. They keep changing who I think is gonna be the opponents for the. Uh, The England boys and Oni. Oni and the England's. Yeah. So, I mean, in, this week it seems like it's going to be Champa Thatcher and MSK. And last week it felt like it was going to be Champa Thatcher, Kyle O'Reilly, and Samoa Joe. So, I guess we're going to, they're going to keep shifting these uh, outcomes until we get to uh, War Games. But, I mean, the the match of the night for me was Kyle O'Reilly versus uh, Duke Hudson. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, more, mostly because of uh, Kyle O'Reilly fighting from underneath. Duke Hudson is a work in progress, but that was okay. But, yeah, yeah, this just felt like 2012, 2013
0: NXT to me. Yeah, I mean I didn't hate Champa winning, to be clear. Um, because I feel like with someone like him, you can only beat them so much before you take the value True. away from from them. Um, like I remember having a big problem of how Jericho was using WWE for a while. Um, back in that kind of like middle 2010s where, yeah. you know, when he when he put Fandango over it and like literally every feud he had was just to put yeah. people over it and you were like, oh man, like this is getting tiring. So like when he finally won the US title, it was like, oh my God, Chris Jericho. Uh, oh God, like who would have thunk it? But um, I do feel like you, in booking those like legends and to make them a worthwhile scout for people, you do need to give them some wins along the way. You have to keep them, of value, and I just wonder if you needed to do this match at all. I mean, I, I get why they did, um, but if you are going to give Champa wins, maybe do it elsewhere, um, before he meets Ridge Holland. But again, maybe this isn't you know, I, I assume this is a chapter in the story. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I know, I, I know, I've been told by Triple H and 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 Shawn Michaels, in fact, how much they rate Ridge Holland, like he is somebody that the NXT performance center, they consider like a real gem that they think they can mold something great out of. Cause remember he is what WWE want and cherish basically the big burly build. He's a mold of clay. Like he has he's come from rugby. He's not got any prior wrestling experience outside of the walls of WWE. He's brainwashed to the max. So it's one of them where, He's a real project for them. And I know they all really do believe in him. So the only reason it would surprise me, like you said, is you normally WWE textbook booking is win, 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 when they're on the roll. Yeah. And he has been winning. So I didn't hate Jumper getting the win. I feel like it would be a chapter. It's just, uh yeah, NXT at the moment, There was a time where nearly everything they did just had fire behind it. You know, whether it's a tag division, you had the champ of Gagano story for a while and Undisputed Era bubbling away of whoever and the women was having a dominant champion. And Raquel Gonzalez is a good champion, but yeah, it's, you know, they need stories and real opponents that you can get invested in. And, you know, Asuka and Shayna Baszler had them by the fistful. It's, it's, I, I do think it's a difficult time where they're trying to, rebuild but at the same time they're rebranding as we know it's going to be a different look to nxt so everything we're seeing at present anyway there's no guarantee that we're going to get to the end goal of any of the stories that are in play i thought cameron grimes was fairly funny with oh yeah. um the uh what do you call them Grizzle young vets grizzled young veterans i thought i thought that was a fairly entertaining segment and cameron grimes shone as usual uh yeah, I, I don't have many great or overtly terrible things to say about NXT. Just kind of was, you know what I mean? Like, of uh, all the things I tweeted today about NXT, and I watched the whole show. It was the you know, Shirai <laughs> promo because it genuinely made me laugh when she walked away, and I don't know if they even meant to make me laugh, but it did. Um, and I, I yeah, I, again, that story I'm not particularly into. I think MSK, they need something in the worst way. I thought they, like as in a story or development of character. The Elia Dragunov celebration...
1: Was lackluster, like it was what just did, what did it do? Like, it you know, it, just, it would it was just it was just wasting time, it was just a time filler. It seemed like I think Msk came off more likable in this episode, you know, them giving the shot to Oni and uh Danny, although William Regal didn't want to give him the shot because of what they did to Thatcher last week. It made them likable, them coming out and making the save for champa I wish they would have pushed more that it was it wasn't just to you know set up the match for next. Week it was more about them gaining Respect for Ciampa through their match with Ciampa and Thatcher a couple of Weeks back and it feels like like it was So long ago that we were like Every week we were like oh this was a good NXT like when they went to Tuesdays it felt like it it was Refreshed but it seems like ever since They did those mass releases About a month ago now it Sucked the life out of NXT And and then it's just like this Doom and this dark cloud is Slowly but surely going over the brand with this whole rebranding and i gotta ask you alex what do you think about the new logo the rugrats logo (laughs) rugrats indeed um uh,
0: i I don't want to say i hate it but like it's a real departure (laughs) it's a real departure and i feel like (laughs) <laughs> but like for uh, to, just to like lay all my cards on the table, I, like at, at its apex, I thought NXT was the best show in the world in wrestling yes. today. I don't give a shit about Japan or anything like that. I enjoyed nothing more than NXT. It was the best from like seventeen, eighteen into 2019, the best show. I will die on that hill. I don't care. Takeovers were untouchable. Yeah. The weekly one hour shows of NXT were wildly enjoyable Honestly, it was uh, people will look back on that time as a golden time in wrestling. So, to see the logo to me represents leaving that behind because that is we're not going to get those work rate style, insane shows of NXT again. And I know that some people, you know, ended up criticizing NXT. Oh, too many, too many kickouts and all uh, high spots and all of this. I, I loved it. I love takeovers. I, I'm not going to sit here and be hypercritical about it. Why would I do? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining to me. So there's no need for me to go. Oh, he could have done this. He could have done that. It was good. The new logo looks to me like, hey, Triple H, <laughs> your vision is done, brother. This is the new NXT. And I, I honestly, I feel for him because I he brought a brand of wrestling and a vision And something that was – yeah, i I never forget this. I got – something got on my time hop the other day. It was two years ago I did, like, that interview with Triple H that um, people really come to know me for at that time anyway. And in that interview, he said, Vince McMahon is not involved with NXT. Clearly, right? Period. He said not involved. He said, yeah, he has some say in the marketing because USA and Boral – yeah, but that's it in terms of what you see in the show. Who I sign, he's not involved, not the case now, not the case now at all. And again, nope. I, I feel like I know losing to AEW and they lost,
1: they comprehensively. lost, they took that L,
0: they really did. Where you know, I know you people can sit, you can't battle, facts, they lost, right? <laughs>
1: um,
0: and I know that that probably has not reflected great on him. But I will still die on this hill that he has created enough stars. And when I say created, I mean WWE ready. A lot of them were already stars. We can, you know, they, they weren't in-house created. But they yeah. were ready from NXT with the momentum and the equity they had bought there for the main roster. And it's not Triple H's fault. They weren't used how they should have been. I think it's very sad that we're leaving that era of NXT behind. And that is what I see when I look at that logo. I think, oh, Vince McMahon, he's had enough. And they're going in this direction of younger, more athletic, bigger. It's not for me to say that, you know, that's wrong or anything. But I honestly feel like Triple H had his, well, and those around him, had his finger on the pulse of what wrestling fans today were gravitating to. And AEW have done it better and to a greater level. I would argue with a, a greater roster than NXT could ever amass because... It's just difficult, right? Like yeah. you're not gonna get you're not gonna get a Moxley, Omega, people like that down in NXT. Yeah. NXT is always a gateway to the upper echelon, and one of its strengths, which was the replenishment of stock, it kind of became its weakness in the ongoing battle of, on Wednesdays, right? Because yeah. they couldn't keep that that wall It's cyclical. Whereas AEW have just gone stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, so I think it's I think it's sad.
1: I mean, like I, I've been loving the new show on uh, Disney plus uh, what if? talking about <laughs> the mcu and what would have happened what if and i was with steph chase on her youtube channel yesterday because today actually is the three-year anniversary of all in and she went to someone that was there live for that and i was there live and we talked about it at the end we, of need, the show. we, need,
0: we need like an i was there alarm yes, to Like, you I, know, I was there
1: i was yeah,
0: there <laughs> everyone rips me but sp3 is like seen every wrestling match ever so let's let's we forget this
1: um but yes. i was there i was there for all yeah. it. <laughs> Three making moment and we talked about what if Triple H would have told Chris Jericho, yeah, you could use NXT talent on the on the first cruise. What if. We never would have got AEW. We never. I, I I stand on that. I will die on that hill. Yeah. We never would have gotten AEW as it's known today. Maybe Tony Khan. You know, the wheels was already turning, and maybe he would have still got. You know, the members of the elite. But he definitely wouldn't probably have Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho is kind of the gateway that got them. You know, the John Moxleys that probably like leads to like CM Punk thinking that it's a it's a viable. But maybe he gets the elite. Maybe he gets a couple of guys from ring of honor like scu but he doesn't get his first aew world champion so we don't get aew as it's known today if triple h would have talked to Vince to be like i think it's a good idea if we if we let the nxt talent go on this cruise i think you know garacle's done a lot for us Maybe should- maybe he did Maybe he did Maybe he tried and it just didn't work Or maybe he doesn't, eat, I don't know But that—that that is one of the biggest what ifs They need to do a whole series of what ifs On the wrestling universe On the wrestling yeah. universe Oh, god, oh yeah. my god, what a series We we might have just came up with our new show for, yeah. for, for members of Wrestling Daily Become a member today We're going to do what if the wrestling universe That's going to be our new concept What if Mark
0: Jindrak was in Evolution What if? <laughs> What if? <laughs> what
1: if? he was? He what was if? there. He was there shooting vignettes. Just like, who w- the w- hell? What if Bisick man would have let Cody rose be Cody Rhodes after Dusty passed oh, away? Oh my
0: God! Uh, what uh, listen, if? I, what I, if? i've had, C- Cody, I've said this on on Twitter before, and I don't think Cody actually understood what I was trying to say because he did reply to me and he said something like, "Yeah, you know, you know his textbook kind of like, "No, it was all down to me." And I'm like, "No, no, that's what I'm saying." He, and he should have won the Money in the Bank, for starters. He yes. should have. Yes, in secondly, yep. secondly, the crowd would have been um, behind him to an unbelievable level after Dusty passed away as a babyface. I mean, Cody didn't necessarily need that to become a big babyface. But still, like, go with your hot hand, man. Like, that's that's something real. Like, people might argue, oh, you know, that's cheap to to do that. I, I think it's the opposite. I think it's real emotion. People could feel the journey at that point. I say you go with it. Um, there's a lot of what-ifs, man. Like, yeah, what if Cody and Gold... That's a great one from Mayo Payne Dan. What if Cody and does actually happen at Mania? <laughs> then the, the, the chip on their shoulder never develops. Exactly. They, you know, I, I don't know. It's just... Oh...
1: What if? What if? What if? A Bid says no to Jericho going to New Japan. What? Because he asked him. He asked mm. him. He asked mm. him before he did the match with Omega. Like, are you okay with me doing this match with with Omega in New Japan? Then we really don't get AEW. We because no. Tony no. has said it on numerous occasions that that was the match that made him realize that there was a market for a second big promotion in the U.S. Was uh, Omega versus Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom twelve. So what if? What if Vince says, no, nah, I don't think you should. I think we got big plans for you at WrestleMania 34.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they did try and get Jericho into WrestleMania 34 right at the last minute. Yeah. Because
1: That's- Shane McMahon
0: was crashing helicopters and shit, which, like, is insane to say. And it's not hyperbole. He really did. Um, And he, he was busted up. And I think you know, Jericho said that they, they had arranged or had offered to... To fly him in the private jet because it was really tight between that and the Fozzie gig. But Jericho was going to come and be the partner. But Shane McMahon in the end was like, nah, I'll do it. Um, crazy. Crazy to think about. Could have been Jericho and Brian versus KO and Sammy. Could have been. Um, man, we need to do. I'm going to speak to <laughs> Pete Quinnell <laughs> and Ollie Davis. That's, that needs to happen. Uh, yeah, it's mad to think. I, I totally forgot that Jericho's first portal call was NXT for the cruise. Man. Yeah crazy yep. to think about. Uh, let's go to the debate. But before we do that, guys, we have one Ultra Chat, and we would welcome many more before the end of this uh, session, as it were, this broadcast. Get yes. it to us, WrestleTalk.com forward slash Wrestling Daily. A hundred of you watching this right now, so give us your thumbs up, subscribe, get the Ultra Chats in, and give us your hot takes. Man, that what a thing has got legs. Uh, <laughs> Planet Dan, Asmir, or ASMR, says, surely The Rock has to headline the Hall of Fame in Hollywood. Hmm. Maybe he wrestles too, and that's where he officially retires from wrestling. It's a very valid point. Very valid point, Planet Dan. Um, What I would say to that is it's not out of the question he would wrestle that same weekend at all. Ric Flair, of course, did the same when he retired with Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I think it ties in with what I said earlier. I I think once The Rock puts over Roman, and and I could sit here all day and say, there's loads of guys I'd like to see The Rock work with. How many of them make sense? Not many. I I think you could could run it back with Brock. That could happen. Oh, yeah. Um, And people would be interested in that because it's been so long. And, you know, if they want to bring real life into it, there's the whole The Rock and Vince kind of colluding to screw him at a live event that is a great story for those of you who don't know. Um, it was in Brock's book, good read Uh, you, you, you know I think that could be something and that's something that they did plan for, I want to say WrestleMania 31 or 2 one of the two I think it was 31 after he broke the streak they planned it but then The Rock couldn't do it I think it ties in with what I just said Roman, that's tying a bow on the career, a perfect way for The Rock to go, it's like the Rock and Hogan match of that generation 50 years old at that point Get him in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. And it makes sense for what you said. If they're really going to do rock and Roman, uh, this, uh, this coming year, WrestleMania 38, well, next year they can, he could have that final match there. And then WrestleMania 39 weekend in Hollywood be the headliner for the hall of fame. It's happened many times. Like edge was at, was, uh, had his last match at WrestleMania 27. He was the headliner for the hall of fame WrestleMania 28 sting had his match with triple H at WrestleMania 31. He was the headliner for WrestleMania 32. Uh, michael's wrestlemania 26 his final match he's the headliner for wrestlemania 27 weekend so this can be something that has some lays and probably something that they're already thinking about
0: yeah i would absolutely agree and and, and for the record i think undertaker goes in this year in dallas yeah i agree it's texas i know uh you know taker's obviously a a texas guy I, i don't see how he doesn't go in to be honest i think it's a lock um Let's get to the debate, SP3. We're going to be talking about the best signing since AEW's inception. Now, I, again, I characterize this as a signing they've made along the way. Someone they've added to the roster since their original pool of talent. But we can do both. Uh, we can do both. And I think a good place to start, SP3, because I have a feeling you'd pick him, is Jericho. Because a lot of it trickles down from Chris Jericho.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Chris Jericho was kind of a... A surprise in some ways because you know you know the elite were the ones that made the announcement that there was an AEW then you know the Tony Khan Chad Khan connection was kind of revealed from there and then he was the one that was kind of the surprise signing at the end of their first rally just days after they made the first announcement for AEW so he was the one that kind of set the bar and said that AEW was legit and they were their first major star if we're talking about from the inception though. I think there's only one signing that I feel is bigger than Chris Jericho because Jericho had spent the past year before, you know, coming to AEW in New Japan. He had made those appearances. He made the surprise appearance at All In, uh, which was a shock to a lot of people. He worked with the Young Bucks and the Elite on his crew. So a lot of the, the seeds were already planted there and you can kind of find your way. The breadcrumbs could lead you to Chris Jericho yeah. signing with AEW. The one one that comes as the big surprise, and I feel like the one that kind of solidified his legacy and his career and made him an all time Hall of Famer. John Moxley, John Moxley making the choice to leave WWE, leave a three or I think it was a three or four year contract, big money to be a top star for WWE, to leave that on the table when all, all, all indications had that he was just gonna resign and stay with the company although we knew we found out later that he was already thinking about leaving and then aew just comes up and that's the perfect opportunity for him but mm. his choice to leave that big contract for wwe go to aew plant his flag in the ground and become like the that kind of puts you know double or nothing without john moxley's debut i don't think we're talking about it as an all-time great show it was a great show. But I think, yeah, I know. (laughs) See, I set you up for that one. But that was the moment that kind of made it, oh, this is like one of the greatest events ever. Like this, mm. that surprise I remember I wasn't there, but I was At a bar with a whole bunch of wrestling Fans, and as soon as you see John Moxley's Head in the crowd, the whole bar Just, just exploded They were like, oh my god, it's Ambrose, it's Ambrose No, I was like, that's not Ambrose, that's John Moxley Because we already seen the prison Break uh, vignettes on his uh, Social media, and then him coming Really just, I feel like this Is why we're seeing guys like Daniel Bryan, who could have resigned. With WWE making the choice to come to AEW, why someone like Adam Cole is instead of going from NXT to the main roster, he is weighing his options of if he wants to go to WWE or if he wants to make the same choice Moxley made and go to AEW. And I always I said before with Moxley and Punk, there's a lot of parallels. But Punk made the choice to leave the business completely. John Moxley could have left the business completely as well. He said it on Probably many pages. Have. He he would have if there was to know AEW, but his choice to go to AEW just made it even bigger. Like Jericho made it seem real, but I think that Moxley took it to the level where this was like, yeah, now they're the number two. Now they're the number yeah. two, like they, they surpassed, they were right there head to head with like a new Japan when Jericho comes because you got Jericho, you got the elite, but they still don't have, you know, the main event talents that, you know, the new Japan has. But once you get John Moxley to go along with everybody else you have, now you're the number two and you've passed everybody else except for the WWE.
0: Yeah. I think Moxley legitimized AEW. And I, and yeah. I, and I, I think um, for all the greats that have followed him, like Miro Alistair Black, uh, Brody Lee, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some along the way. I feel like you know FTR, Yeah, I f- I feel like Moxley is the guy that made them feel like okay, this is this is the place, and I'll be treated well, and you know, etc. Cetera, so et cetera. you forget Moxley had a great run as champion with AEW. I'm gonna disagree just just to disagree. It's a debate. I'm gonna still say Jericho um, because I feel like maybe the Moxley signing doesn't even happen without Jericho. It's possible, right? I think Jericho certainly makes it more attractive, right? Um, And even with how Jericho's had that influence on the rest of the the roster, I think Moxley's had a great run there thus far, but you could argue Jericho's been more influential. I know he has behind the scenes, Um, but even in kind of bringing out an Orange Cassidy, MJF, this is a guy that actually is actively helped and enhanced a lot of people. And he was the perfect first champion that actually made Moxley's reign mean a lot more than it would have had he won it from anybody else. So my argument, a lot of it stems from the credibility that Jericho brings. But I agree, Moxley does legitimize things. You know, the podcast Moxley did with Wade Keller, if anyone hasn't listened to that, and I'm going to assume not many have, but if any of you haven't you really really should because it opened my eyes up to a lot in wwe and not like you know not like i was um alien to what he said but just the actual practices and how draining it can be on the talent and then you watch something like a live morgan documentary on a wwe network and things like that and you start to realize it's a very very difficult place to traverse unless you are the tippy 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 top guy in wwe it's a really difficult place to be essentially you know um and it's just the stuff that Moxley said about the infrastructure there and how difficult it is to kind of okay, you got to get through the writers, then you have to get through the next line, which was you know, it's over the last few years has been a combination of Heyman, Bischoff, now it's Pritchard. Then you get, you know, you get to you sit in Vince's office, you have to wait outside for like however many hours just for him to kind of go, No, we're doing that anyway. And it's like, Okay, it's his company, but for Moxley to get to the point where he was like. I just can't actually do this anymore. Like it's it's making me physically unhappy and you know ill. I think is the word he used. Um, That AEW was then the alternative to him, where he was like, okay, well. But as you said, without Jericho, does AEW look more like Impact or Ring of Honor just on a bigger TV show?
1: That
0: Ah, is true. I'm not. I'm not. I know that sounds mad now. But you have to kind of put yourself back in that time frame at the time. You know, I I, I don't know. It's, I feel like Jericho had a really big effect and has continued to do so on AEW since he's been there. I think Moxley will probably have, I've got to be very careful how I word it, maybe the longer lasting legacy because he's going to be the top star, one of the top people in the entire business for five, ten years maybe. Yeah, easily. He's in his early 30s, like 33. He's got time. Um, And, you know, he's got that love and he's revitalized. And you were seeing more of his art. You didn't see this guy in WWE. And I think, again, that symbolism has been, has awoken many talents. Like, wow, like Moxley can be Moxley. Like, I don't have to be what WWE want me to be. I can go to AEW, make maybe not the same, but comparable money. Yeah. Lighter, lighter schedule have that kind of creative liberty and I honestly think that's Moxley is more responsible for the signings that have followed I think where people have looked at him and said you know what that's a really good blueprint for how I can actually enjoy being a professional wrestler again but I think Jericho has been more important for the overall development of AEW and if that is what the question is the most important signings in AEW history I would argue Jericho
1: I I think you can't go wrong with either or, and I feel like that's, like, Tony Khan kind of said the same thing in his recent interview on Wrestling Observer and I totally agree with you I didn't even listen to the Wade Keller uh, John Moxley interview I listened to the Talk Is Jericho one but yeah, yeah I would say that the, the Moxleys either with Wade Color or Chris Jericho is right up there with the CM Punk Hulk Cabana podcast as the most like essential listening of a wrestling fan for professional wrestling in the past decade if you're going to listen to one or two podcasts it needs to be either Punk's first interview after he left WWE or Moxley's, one of Moxley's first interviews after he left WWE and that's why I say these two guys are very parallel in the way that they view because a lot of what Moxley said was stuff that you heard from Punk but he had a different perspective from it because he didn't, it totally didn't squeeze the love of wrestling out of him, it just made him be like, no, there's gotta be a better way there's gotta be Mm. something else for me to do and I, I totally agree with you with Moxley that he, I feel like he's the reason why they got a Brody Lee and why Brody Lee felt like he can leave WWE and have a renewal of his of his career why somebody like FTR who were like complacent with what they how they viewed tag team wrestling in the WWE was like no these guys are doing it much better over there let's jump over there so I feel like yeah and I feel like uh, uh, John Moxley is another guy that you know he hasn't lost to too many people but his matches especially when he was AEW World Champion really he ha- he was the effective like old school babyface world champion where anyone that came into their mat- into a match with him came out of it looking stronger. Yeah. I feel like yeah. he did a lot to put over Brody Lee in his match with him at Double or Nothing. His match with MJF at All Out last year really legitimized MJF as this guy is a future world champion, future main eventer and he could stand up with like the best brawler out there and most of all above everybody else I feel like Darby Allen before his championship run and then during his championship run his matches with John Moxley was really where we was like oh no this guy is like the the spiritual uh, brother of John Moxley like he has all the heart and all the soul that we see in John Moxley we see it in Darby Allen so yeah I think like he, with it, we either or I think it's a toss-up between Jericho and Moxley because they both gave something different to them. But I would say those are the 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 head and shoulders above everybody else.
0: In in six months, twelve months time, we might be chucking punk in that discussion and Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You know, that they could have a real tangible effect on like how the ratings go or the deals that AEW get from here. So it is a very interesting thing to think about. Um I, I just think uh, for Moxley, the thing I like about him as well, and I've, I've interviewed him several times since, the, well, po- uh, pre and post WWE, but particularly post. Like he's he's uh, if you listen to the Wade Keller interview, and I've seen someone ask in here actually, uh, do you have to be a VIP member? No, you don't. Uh, he released it early, so you could have got it before on the VIP but you can just go and listen to it now. You could find it. Um, if you listen to that, I I think he was just very frustrated with what ensued rather than, yeah, rather than like, he, he didn't, he didn't develop like a hate for WWE. And some people do get bitter and, you know, well, we've named them tonight who definitely left and were like, mm, hated it, whatever. FTR, not shy about that. I mean, Jesus Christ, um, the good brothers, they are not shy to tell you.
1: Oh, no. Oh no. no, they, 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 they bear a rag on Paul Heyman to this day, to this day. They drag Paul Heyman.
0: Uh, yeah. But that's the thing. I think for Moxley, when I spoke to him, he's always very appreciative of his time in WWE. He realizes that without that platform, he wouldn't have had the stock to come in and be a game changer for AEW. He realizes WWE made him famous, made him rich. He knows why he was there. He knows what he took from there. But he served his time, per se, right? He took that, and he's parlayed that now into helping another company become one of the – well, if uh, in, in years to come, they might be – remember, WWE aren't a wrestling company, so they might be the biggest wrestling company in the world. Who knows? Um, but, man, they, they've made incredible strides, and a lot of that is behind Jericho and Moxley. So, guys, there you go. Two different sides of the fence. Uh, I'm going to call it a draw because I can't really oh, – kill it either way, but guys in the chat, let us know what you think uh, and we'll try and get a winner somehow some Uh, We do have a hot take from Mayor of Painesville, Dan, to close out the show, and he's got some what ifs, cool. SP3. You ready?
1: I was born uh, ready. Of course you are, brother, brother. <laughs>
0: uh, what if Ilya Dragunov would have never returned to WXW after his skull injury? No history making pop, no worldwide attention, maybe no Volta signing. Oh. Ah uh, I mean I am not the biggest WXW guy. Um so I can't exactly, you know, go this happened and this happened, and this happened. I would still say they could have made their way to WWE anyway. Volta especially, I think, was on the track to do that. Um having not, not even closely followed Volta's career, I knew of him before he got to NXT. Yeah.
1: Um I think, I think more of yeah. Walter's run in progress was more to say, yeah, more. yeah, it was more of the eye opener. And if not that, you know, if, if we're excluding that in this what if uh universe he still had his ott run and his rivalry with uh you know redactive star and um, jordan jordan devlin jordan the, those matches with jordan devlin really made jordan devlin a bigger star in my eyes from what i seen i first saw him in the the original uh wwe uk tournament but when i saw him against walter that's when i was like oh no devlin can really be a major star for them but those really made walter stand out as like the final boss
0: yeah uh i I think just in your way if i think they probably still make their way to wwe but i understand what you mean like the historical moment um it's interesting uh what if nash and hall would have stayed with wwf um boy I, i think the the business was heading for a change regardless Right, yeah. um, somebody had to usher in something. I don't know whether it looks like the way it did. And WCW was kind of going for a more realistic approach anyway before those two came in. Um, of course, that was just like ignited the whole thing though. And NWO, we all know the rest of the history there. I think if they stay, oh, um, Hall in particular would have remained. A main event a guy, but I don't know how well that would have panned out for him. Um working with those same talents, just just thinking about who came after that. I don't think the Rock and Austin become as big if Bret Hart Nash, and National Hall are all still in WWE. You know, in this world, I'm assuming Bret Hart wouldn't go to WCW just because, you know, whatever. WCW hasn't. Haven't prized everyone away. Um, I, I, and imagine that no rock and Austin to like light up the industry. And, and that was kind of the charm of WWE. They, whether they meant to or not, got rid of a lot of the people, you know, Macho Man's, um, Hall and Nash, although I still think Hall and Nash would have been incredibly valuable, but Hall and Nash, um, and yeah, Hogan's gone. Bret Hart ends up going, and that allows your Steve Austin and Rocks to flourish and bloom, and which brings in the greatest period of the business that we've ever seen. Without that, WWE would be doing what they're doing today, where old guys clogging up the main event scene. They would have done what WCW did, um, but they were forced to do something different, and it brought them the greatest results. That they've ever seen which is incredible also interesting to think hall and nash were never hall and nash in wwf and i don't know if they ever would have been because razor ramon um, and diesel um so again i don't know if wwe ever kind of go you know what we're gonna let you go as hall and nash just let you run we wouldn't have got the outsider tag team you know I i was just watching the other day hall and nash take on the steiners it's great um Harlem Heat like you know um man there's a lot to think about there but I don't the main takeaway would be WCW don't get to the heights that they did because of NWO and you know the injection that they brought and Hogan's heel turn never happens like or it doesn't happen in the great way that it did is it is it was the best for the business that they made that move
1: Yeah, and like I'm actually on True Rewind on True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We're two weeks away from Hall's debut, and it's a trickle-down effect because at this point where we're we're watching, WWF is beating WCW in the ratings, and they're about to go two hours when uh, Scott Hall debuts on the show, so... WWF doesn't go live without WCW going live. WWF doesn't go to two hours without WCW going two hours. WCW, then when WWF goes to two hours, they go to three hours. And then 10 years after WCW is gone, WWF event WWE now eventually go to three hours there. It's like WCW set the pace that WWE was born to follow. And none Mm. of that is possible without them signing Hall and Match. I don't think they go, they have the confidence to go two hours without knowing Hall and Nash are about to come on board, and or that two-hour move would have killed them completely because you're stretching the viewers and having them have to stay for a two-hour time slot is a little bit difficult when you could just watch a one-hour show on the other side. So, yeah, this what-if scenario, that, that could be our first episode right there of yeah, all, all the stuff that transpires without Hall and Nash jumping to WCW.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, I I believe that ushered in and and paved the way for The Rock and Austin to become who they became, which I still believe is the biggest point in the business. The final what if he had is what if Kane had remained as Isaac Yankun? Impossible to remain as that gimmick and he wouldn't have done anything. They would have found they would have repackaged him um, eventually, whether it would be the other brother or not.
1: He went from Isaac Yankum to fake diesel. So so he would have still been either fake diesel or they would have found another character for him. If not Kane.
0: Yeah. um, It's obviously amazing that they found the undertaker's brother, which I still think is one of the most genius character creations there ever was. Um, Especially the way he looked and the presentation. It was amazing, but yeah, um, I feel Kane would have been one of those big men that they just, and there's been loads of them that they've chucked around and, they just try and repackage and re-gimmick because they're like, he's big. So, you know, Godfather being one who had loads of gimmicks.
1: Um, man, Rikishi was the Sultan. We forget. Uh, or, or know, like, And he was Make a Difference two as well. At, yes, at, at he the was. Time I, At the time I'm watching right now, he's Make a Difference two And we get an appearance from uh, Jamal of Rosie and Jamal exactly, from, at, yes. at that point.
0: Yeah, you know I mean, there's a lot of bigger guys who WWE just went, oh, that's not working, but they're big, so we're going to find something else. Um, man. Anyway, we've gone way over here. Thank you very much for that uh, hot take, hot chat, whatever you want to call it. It was great, Dan. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Steph Chase as we look forward to all out and reviewing Dynamite that goes down tonight. And on Friday, Andrew Zarian is meant to be in the house. Um, hopefully that goes down. And then the week after that, hopefully it's True Who heat we're going to have three guys from hui on the show. It's going to be a good time. Thank you to everyone for joining tonight. Thumbs up, subscribe. Help the Wrestling Daily YouTube channel. We're so close to 12,500. We all appreciate you. Thank you for watching Wrestling Daily. Bye-bye.